Welcome friends. This week I went down south of Calgary to see if I could find some birds. I found lots of birds. And I had a lot of fun on the way. So here's my story. The ruts in the road posed a bit of a dilemma. They were filled with water and in a low spot between two meltwater ponds so it was pretty obvious that the road was going to be muddy, maybe even perilously so. But on the other hand, somebody must have driven through these before I showed up. I mean, otherwise there wouldn't have been any ruts to start with. Had there not been a thousand or so ducks, snow geese and swans on the two halves of the pond, and had the photographic angles of this noisy mass of feathers and beaks not been so obviously better on the far side of the muddy ruts, I might have just shot what I could get and driven on. But the light was getting pretty, and there was such a huge number of birds here, I decided to give it a shot. I am the FJ down the road, and hit the gas. Six hours before, and on a much better road, I was on the north slopes of the Porcupine Hills. The day was chilly but pleasant, and with the diversity of landscape around there, I knew I'd find something. In Williams Cooley, I came across Scott and Clay Chataway moving a herd of cattle down the road, so I stopped for pictures and a chat with them. Great folks, always a pleasure to see them. And then drove on to check out the heron colony up the road. Eagles there, no herons yet, but I found ferruginous hawks on a nest close by. Back out in the east side of the hills there was a great horned owl sitting on eggs in a grove of poplars. I've photographed owls nesting here for at least 20 years now. Not the same ones, I'm sure, but their descendants at least. There were bluebirds around too, flighty as ever, and a lot of hawks. There were red tails and a few Swainson's hawks in addition to all the ferruginous hawks. Bald eagles and goldens, too. One of the golden eagles flying over the open water at Pine Cooley Reservoir west of Staveley caused a minor panic among the pintails and widgeons relaxing on the ice there. It wasn't anywhere near them, but just the sight of it soaring overhead made a hundred or so of the ducks take off and wheel away before coming into land again. The sky was a flawless blue. It had been hazy earlier, but now, in the early afternoon, it had cleared, and a warm springtime sun was beaming down. Along Willow Creek, west of Clarisome, I paused to take in the day's beauty. Further to the west, the Porcupine Hills stood, snow-capped on top and piebald on their flanks while to the south and east lay a nearly snowless sea of brown grass and fallow fields. It was all gorgeous. The question, though, was go west and circle back around the long view like I'd originally planned, or head south toward Granham? Yeah, after six months of snow cover, the answer wasn't all that hard. I got my first metal arc picture of the year just west of Granham. He was singing on a fence post on the edge of a pasture with a little creek running strong with whiskey-colored runoff down the middle. Metal arc music and the tinkle of flowing water with an underlying beat of dry grass ruffled by a Chinook breeze. It was a Porcupine Hills symphony. 
I could have fallen asleep listening to it, but instead I turned eastward, through Granham and across the open farm country north of the Old Man River. I wasn't going anywhere in particular, just cruising, enjoying the countryside and listening to the gravel clatter and click on the underside of the truck. Lots more hawks here, meadowlarks too, and flocks of geese. There were Canada geese, probably local birds that hang out here all year, but they made me wonder if there might be more at nearby Keogh Lake. I figured it would still be frozen, but since I was in the neighborhood, I decided to check it out. It was frozen, completely ice covered, except maybe where the geese were sitting. There were at least a thousand snow geese, maybe 500 meters offshore, a noisy, undulating mass of birds. Through my long lens, I could see them shuffling around, the occasional goose lifting into the air and flapping for a few wing beats before settling down again. Their white plumage was just a bit darker than the snow cover on the ice, but their dark wingtips were visible with every move. It was hard to tell just how many birds there were. Because the lake, obviously, was completely flat and the geese in such a tightly packed mass, there was no way to adequately estimate their number. But then they took off. They moved like the crest of a wave, the birds on the south end of the mass taking off first and then the rest down the length of the flock. They were just as uncountable in the air as on the ice, but in flight their number seemed an order of magnitude bigger. They filled the viewfinder on my camera, the 600mm lens compressing them into a nearly solid mass of churning white. They lifted upward in a cloud, the majority of them swinging south while the rest spun north before turning around and coming south again right over the truck. They lightened their loads as they flew by and the remains of their digested food pattered down on the roof like soft hail. And then they settled right back down again in the same spot. No idea why they took off in the first place. Snow geese are strange. The wind picked up a bit as I rolled on and bent the cattails in the wetlands on the south shore. There were more geese here, a lot of them, but not as many as in the main flock. The sloughs on the north side were thronged with birds too. No geese, but swans, pintails, widgeon. Chinook cloud had blown in, but as I rolled along, the sun edged past the arch and warm late daylight flooded the land and I found more and more birds as I headed north. Flocks of pintails on a pond north of Barrens, skeins of tundra swans flying overhead, meadowlarks, hawks, even a few blackbirds, birds everywhere. So many, in fact, that I was starting to pass them by. I had already filled one 64 gigabyte memory card, over a thousand photos plus video clips, and was well into the second one when I came across a strange scene. I'd stopped to photograph a jackrabbit trying to relax in the ruins of an old granary east of Carmengay when I noticed that there were white feathers scattered all over the grass at an old farmstead. They were too big to have come from a chicken and at first I thought maybe a snowy owl had punted the pail. I got out of the truck to have a look. It turned out to be a swan. I assume it met its end naturally and was scavenged and scattered by critters after the fact, 
Migration time is tough on birds, and not all of them make it. But it sure seemed like a lot of them were enjoying their layover time here. There were swans on every little puddle around Carmen Gay, and even more as I got closer to Vulcan. And then I came across the flocks west of Champion. There were, I don't know, a thousand or more birds on the bisected pond not far west of the town. There were tundra swans, pintails, widgeons, a few mallards, redheads, and canvasbacks. I even saw one little green-winged teal and another big flock of snow geese. I already had so many pictures, but the light was just so yummy, I had to stop. And as I did, I could see that the best angle to make use of that yummy light was from the far side of a chunk of very wet road. I eased the FJ through the first part of it and onto a dry spot between the two sets of ruts, but I could feel that the road was mushy even though this part of the surface was dry. Still rolling, I assessed the ruts ahead. They were deep, and they were wet, and they were long. It looked dry on the far side, but I'd need momentum to get me through. So I punched it. Muddy water flew up and covered the windshield as the truck fishtailed down the ruts and halfway across the road. But I made it, and, miraculously, the birds didn't spook. Half the geese took off and flew across the road in front of me to another field, while the swans and pintails stayed pretty much where they were. I was able to get all the pictures I wanted as that warm late daylight washed across the sloughs. The sun was setting as I rolled back toward town with swans feeding in the fields in the fading light and silhouetted against the orange sky as the sun dropped behind the mountains. It had been a truly amazing day, everything from cattle drives to clouds of birds and sunshine and blue skies. This is what springtime is supposed to be like. That could, and probably will, change, of course. But if we have to have yet another snowstorm, let it be made of geese. And now, time for home. Mike Drew, On the Road, April 8th, 2020.